Welcome to Battleground. Today is Monday, uh, March the 15th, right? Um, we have a special guest today, uh, one of the good guys, one of our friends, Alfonso Aguilar. He's the former, uh, he's a former Bush administration official, head of the U.S. Citizenship Office, uh, joining us in a few minutes. But first, I wanted to kick off um, talking about some of the issues that we're going to discuss today. Fauci. Um, wow, has that guy lost all credibility? I think he's more of a maybe a witch doctor or a snake oil salesman at this point. He uh, he's on the shows yesterday talking about some poll that says 47% of Trump supporters are not going to get the vaccine. And he's urging President Trump to go out and tell his supporters to get the vaccine. This guy has become such a partisan hack, it's ridiculous. Then on another interview, we see that he says that the vaccine really is not going to prevent you from getting COVID. What it's going to do is it's either going to prevent you from getting symptoms or you're going to have very little symptoms. So really what we're doing with the vaccine is creating asymptomatic people. We're not preventing COVID. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit because uh, personally, I think he's a fraud. I think he's a partisan hack. I think we've all thought that for a long time. He was uh, working against the president. And, you know, we, we see that the president's Operation Warp Speed was a complete success. We wouldn't be where we are today. When the president left office, there were about between a million and 1.2 million vaccines delivered a day. Uh, and, and you know, and the, and the walking zombie in the White House uh, on, on his speech said that when he took office, there were no vaccines and he had already been vaccinated twice. So, you know, go figure. But this guy doesn't even know the name of the Pentagon, right? He calls it the outfit, doesn't uh, remember his uh, secretary's name. He calls him the guy that leads his outfit. I mean, it's a disaster. That I mean, this administration is a joke. Uh, I filled my truck up yesterday. I have a uh, kick-ass vehicle, by the way, a uh, Ram 1500 Rebel with a uh, Hemi 5.7 liter. So it's a beast. I love the V8, but it took me about 100 bucks to fill it up. Um, I didn't pay 100 bucks from... Trump was president. I was paying 50-something, $60. So it is a tremendous hike. It's crazy. Um, I'm not loving it. Um, I don't know about the uh, uh, Alumni 43 and Lincoln Project and anti-Trump Republican idiots, uh, but who knows? Maybe, they, maybe they're enjoying the, the, the high gas price. But one day I'll ask them when they stop posting pictures of dogs and cats and flowers and sunsets, then they start addressing the idiot that they helped put in office. So maybe we'll have that conversation one day. Who knows? You know, and then 4th of July, you know, the zombie again. He says that uh, hopefully maybe, you know, on the 4th of July, you'll be able to have a barbecue, a small, small gathering with, with a few of your family members. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's pretty crazy. I think this guy has lost all touch of reality. I think he um, really doesn't get it. I don't think he understands that he is not a dictator that he is not a god. Um, but who knows? But anyways, I'm gonna join, we're going to be joined right now by our next guest, um, Alfonso Aguilar, who is a complete stud. This guy is the real deal, doesn't bullshit anybody. He's going to let you have it, good, bad, or indifferent. He's going to let you know exactly what he's thinking and exactly what the facts are. So, you know, for, with no further ado, here is our friend Alfonso Aguilar. And we got a great song for him, too. There he is. You 
It's the guts and it's the glory. A hundred stripes, a hundred stories. It's the pledge of allegiance on the 4th of July. It's some handwritten letters from home. It's some sleepless nights alone. It's his newborn baby he left with his wife. Mr. Red, White, and Blue. Lay down his Awesome. Hey, Alfonso, welcome to Battleground, man. It's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, and the reason I chose that song is because you were the former head of the U.S. Citizenship Office, right, under the Bush administration. That, that is correct. And what a great way to to introduce me. I really appreciate it. Well, that's going to be your song every time you come on, brother. So, you know, unless you pick something else next time, uh, that that's yours. That's yours now. Well, I, I'll have a little coffee in your honor for that song. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, you know, I I, I kicked, I, I opened the, the the podcast. I know you're backstage listening. Um, touched a, a couple issues, and I left one for the end because you know, really, very few people are going to be able to address the issue of immigration and the crisis at the border like you can. So, just wanted to make sure that our listeners understand we are going to touch that. Uh, contrary to popular belief and what the White House says, there is a crisis down there, and and Alfonso is going to go nuts and bolts into it. Well, let's kick it off, Alfonso Fauci. Um, is he a snake <laughs> salesman? Uh, what's going on with this guy, man? Huh? Well, I, I have a feeling that a lot of people have just stopped listening to him. He just loves the media. I mean, uh, put a camera, in, a camera in front of him, and he's just going to start talking and, and yapping and saying whatever he wants to say, just also to to get the attention of people and catch the headlines. The, the guy's up. Do you think he prepares for, for doing media or he just shows up and says whatever happens? I, I don't know. I don't know if he's an expert on COVID. I know he's a PR expert. He knows how to get attention from the media. And, and frankly, look, I, I think his comments are really reprehensible. He should stick to the science. Uh, look, there are scientific facts that I think we can all agree on, uh, but there are a lot of judgment calls. Uh, and Fauci's always giving his judgment, which is subjective. Yeah, it may be based on fact. And and that judgment has changed throughout this pandemic, as we know, with, with the masks. Remember, initially, he was certain the masks didn't do anything. Then he changed and said, no, masks are absolutely necessary. And then he said, double masking. Is, is absolutely necessary. So it gets to a point where it's ridiculous. And, and he should be able to tell us, this is the science. The rest is subjective. It's right. my opinion. It's a judgment call. And, and I think people need to understand this. Uh, most of the policies, uh, the guidelines from the federal government, the mandates from the states are mostly judgment calls. They're not science. You know, Democrats say, oh, this is science, period. You can't dispute with my policies on COVID. No, 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 no. They're judgment calls based on the science. We can all agree on the science and the numbers, but you know, a lot of it is just judgment calls. And this guy is just, uh, I mean, to me, he's incoherent. He just wants to get attention from the media. Uh, you know, and, and it's sad because he misleads the American public, but the Democrats are just using him. They're, they're using him and and, and, and the media, the mainstream media, portraying him as somebody who gives you everything he says is absolute truth. So he's now the Pope. When he talks, he's giving you the absolute truth, and that's wrong. And I think somebody should confront him and say, 
what are, are you, you're saying something that's based on science, but it doesn't make your opinion science. Well, you, you also can see that he has clear disdain for President Trump. I mean, he hates him. He hates President Trump. It, it has become so obvious, uh, like you said, that I think any kind of scientific you know, expertise or anything has gone out the window. I mean, you mentioned the comment he made about Trump supporters not getting the vaccine. Uh, what science uh, is he basing that comment on? Uh, he's a bureaucrat. Why should a government bureaucrat make that type of comment? I would say that perhaps he's engaging in partisan politics, violating the Hatch Act. Uh, yeah. He should not get into politics. And that, from my perspective, is a political comment because you can't say that that comment's based on science. You know, I know I'm a Trump supporter. I'm going to get the vaccine. I know a bunch of Trump supporters. President Trump got the vaccine. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get the vaccine. I mean, you, know. you know, but I respect those who want to get it. You know, it's America, a free country, right? So, look, for you know, yeah, I mean, if you know, I, look, I did a hit earlier this morning. I think I told you with Telemundo, with NBC Telemundo. And, you know, that, that was that was one of the things that they asked. They're like, oh, the Trump supporters is, you know, poll that came out and said 47%. And I said, look, if if you if we know the mortality of, of COVID is is like the flu, right? Is is one 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 tenth of a point, right? Between one tenth and one third of a, of one percent, um, and and the the healthier you are and the younger you are, that drops even further, right? To like virtually nothing. So if you're young and you're in health and you have no underlying conditions, why would you risk? all the side effects that could be possible with a vaccine when you know COVID is not going to do anything to you. Right. So, you know, I would understand that there are people that are going to say, no, I'm not going to get it. Why would I get it? I'm perfectly healthy. I'm strong as an ox. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I've never, I never gotten the, the flu vaccine. Never, never. I've gone through flu season. Uh, I probably have gotten the flu, nothing serious, but you know, I, I, I'm not, concerned about it. So you're absolutely right. When we look at the science, if yeah. you're under 65, if you don't have any uh, pre-existing condition, uh, if you get COVID, chances are you may not get any symptoms or, or mild symptoms. So, uh, I mean, look, this is the sign to, to scare people to... Uh, Allow, to obedience, right? This is an to, obedience exercise. To allow for more, for more government control, absolutely. And under the banner of COVID, they're pushing all sorts of uh, of issues and, and their ideological agenda. And, and that's very sad. It's all about freedom. And uh, look, I, I think Donald Trump did an amazing job in, in, in managing the COVID, something that we, know, we knew very little about. Uh, and it's just a question. In a, in, in, a, in a couple of months, uh, we were producing pro professional equipment, ventilators. Anybody who needed uh, access to a ventilator had access to a ventilator. Uh, nobody uh, uh, was uh, uh, a, a not allowed to to enter a hospital. Uh, it, we we expanded hospital capability and the treatments quickly. We got new treatments. Uh, uh, very good treatments, and then finally Operation Warp Speed, which which I think it's it's a miracle. It's a miracle, but that required leadership and planning and a partnership between the federal government, states, and the private sector. And President Trump did that. And uh, 
you know, it, it's disgusting. Talk about facts. You know, the media is always saying, oh, Trump's a big liar and all Republicans are liars. We, we always report the facts. You know, they kept saying that there was no distribution plan. There was no distribution plan when, when, when Biden took office in January 20th. At that time, as you know, over a million people were already being vaccinated. 1.2 million, to be precise, Alfonso, were being vaccinated a day under Operation War Speed under President Trump's leadership. How is it possible? And for Biden to come out and say that there is no vaccines available is total crap. Is total crap. Is disingenuous? And, and quite frankly, you know what? That It, it is so dishonest that, that I can't believe that even the media who's in bed with him haven't called him out because it is that bad and that bad of a lie. You know? but, but, but that is the problem. The media just gave him a pass and, and actually reported that as as a valid opinion. There was no distribution plan. And that's what CNN and MSNBC reported and repeated. And, and that's, a, that's an actual lie, you know, a total lie. Uh, and, and, and very irresponsible, by the way. I mean, well, an extremely irresponsible lie. You know, again, it, it's just politics. is is just to to try to continue pushing this idea that Trump was uh, uh, his his policies were not based on science. That there was just no coordination, no organization. It was a total disaster. And here comes Joe, who doesn't even know where he is. And he, his promise was: remember his promise. Promise was the first hundred days of my administration. We are going to uh, give shots to a, to a million Americans each day. Well, it was already happening. We're already right. surpassing that number. We had surpassed his, his goal. You know, thank you, President Trump. And, and then these are the same people, the media and the Democrats, including Joe Biden, who kept saying, look at Europe. Look at the great things that they're doing in Canada. Look at Europe right now. The leadership of the European Union had to accept that they've done this uh, – a terrible job in, the, in, in, in vaccine development and vaccine distribution. Italy went back to a lockdown. Look at us. I was about to say, they're, they're locked down again, right? Isn't Italy in bad shape again? Right, because these are socialist countries. This is socialism, where government is, the economy is highly regulated. They limit uh, pr uh, private uh, initiative. Um, and uh, that's why uh, our, our, our system works. And that's why we got a vaccine so quickly and we're so effectively able to distribute it. Um, so look, uh, the, 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 the Trump miracle is real. And you know what? At the end, uh, I think in the next few weeks, when we have so many people vaccinated, we're going to start helping those countries because that's what we do. So Trump is not only going to save uh, our uh, country, but he's also going to save those other countries as well. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Hey, and um, I mean, there's there, there's so, so many things here to discuss. Um, Fourth of July. I mean, does this guy really think that he gets to tell the American people what they can and cannot do in their own private home? I mean, this is uh, this is lunacy, man. I mean, it happened very early in in a lot of the blue states. A lot of the red states came back out and, and pushed back against that. You know, we're obviously seeing, you know, the guy who who I would love to see run for president and Ron DeSantis in Florida, yeah. how he pushed back. And, and, and Florida is just awesome. You know, we, we lived 20 years down there. My kids were born down there, and I think we're moving back down there uh, because of Governor DeSantis. And both me and you live in Maryland and Montgomery County, which is, you know, the liberal hellhole, you know, maybe outside of L.A., or San Francisco, um, but it's pathetic. I mean, here, 
you know, people would call the police if you had more than like three cars in your driveway. Uh, you couldn't gather more than 10 people in, in your home. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was like one of those communist nations, like being in Cuba. And uh, this guy's sitting there saying that openly in public to an address of the nation that hopefully maybe if all goes well, you know, maybe a, a, a very small number of your family members can get together for a barbecue on 4th of July. Have they lost their mind, Alfonso? Because well, the American people, I think patriots like me and you and 74 million others have voted for President Trump are wondering what the hell is going on with our country because that the United States, Alfonso, could not have said that on the air on national television, even if he's thinking that. Is that possible? Well, you know, these people, that's why that's what they want. I mean, they want to centralize power in Washington. Uh, that's part of their socialist dream to end federalism as we know it. We're a federal republic. We're a constitution of limited powers. Those powers not expressively granted to the federal government, and they're just a few in the constitution, belong to the state. Healthcare, health, how to respond to a pandemic is the responsibility of the states. So the president can say whatever he wants. At the end, it's the governors who are going to make uh, the decisions. And uh, look, uh, some governors have been extraordinary, like Governor DeSantis, I think, is the model. He's the gold standard. However, remember that uh, President Biden, uh, during the campaign, said that Governor Cuomo was the gold standard. He actually literally said that. Governor, Governor Cuomo is the gold standard. Can you believe that? This guy who was lying to authorities, sending uh, people with COVID, elderly uh, people with COVID back to uh, retiring homes, uh, which actually led to a spike in deaths of, of, of people in retiring homes, uh, in retirement homes. It, it's just incredible. And this, and look, in terms of, of, of sheer numbers and, and, and proportionally also, New York has the worst numbers in terms of cases, deaths, that's their gold standard. So I think we can, we can, we can see the, the, the difference between what they propose, which is government control mandates, and which actually haven't helped, and then DeSantis, a more science-based but sensible approach that has allowed the, the, the Florida to, to continue growing its economy, to go back, people to go back to work, and kept those numbers down. And look, they have the same number, uh, the population is about the same size, 20 million yeah. people. Florida actually has more senior citizens, people retired to Florida. And you would think that you would have, they would have more deaths because uh, uh, senior citizens are, 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 are more likely uh, uh, have a higher chance of, 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 of dying or getting serious symptoms. And that didn't happen. So look, it, it's just ridiculous. But the sad thing is that whatever they say, they're going to get a pass from CNN, MSNBC, and from the mainstream media. And the mainstream media is also pushing this this narrative that you know Governor Cuomo was just such a great leader. He was the voice that people was were, people were asking for that voice because Trump yeah. was, was mass murderer Cuomo. Yeah, who got an Emmy by the way? Didn't he win an Emmy? Oh, he got an Emmy. He wrote a book. He had time to write a book of how fantastic. Yep. his management of the crisis was yeah, how he mass murdered every single elderly person by throwing them in nursing homes with COVID. That was, uh, I, I got to read the reviews. I don't know if I'm going to read the book, but you know, we saw some comments from Kellyanne who watches us, who's watching us now on, uh, I guess she's on Facebook. Um, I don't know if you put it up. I put it up there for a minute. You know, she says, uh, M mayor Bowser, who's a mayor of DC gave him permission to have a glass of wine until midnight. Can you imagine that? Um, I mean, Totally absurd. Totally it's absurd. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, my I, my my daughter's twenty two, and she went out with her friends for 
for their birthday um, to DC on, I think it was Saturday. And we, we had to go pick them up at 10. The bars, everything shut down at 10 o'clock. I was okay. like, that's insane. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. And then also these mandates have been totally arbitrary. You know, they, uh, they keep certain things open. And then oh, look, at that. look at that. She loves, she loves your glasses there, Alfonso. Hello. You got Hello. a fan. You got a fan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, Alfonso. So, so I don't know. You know, is this eventually going to open up? It doesn't seem like they want to. It's it's a control situation. We see we're hearing numbers that like ten thousand people a month are moving to Florida every month, right? So, you know, we're probably going to be in that number at some point, or at least splitting our time. Um, I don't know where this ends. Where does where does it really end? I mean, gasoline is going through the roof, like I mentioned. You know, well, we have immigration. The immigration. I, I am concerned. I am concerned in terms of the state of America right now. The country is divided, and frankly, necessarily so. I mean, we have now people with uh, different visions of what America is all about. You have people like you and me who believe in in the Constitution. We believe in the Declaration of Independence. We believe in America as it was founded. And then we have others who believe that we have to reset. We have to forget everything that the past, everything that happened in the past, all the great thing. We didn't have a glorious history. We just have to forget everything because this country is unfair, racist, uh, xenophobic, and we need just a restart. And, and frankly, uh, you know, uh, obviously we don't. We are in opposite ends. So we have states like Washington State, uh, California. Um, that I don't know if they can change. I don't know if they can go back to 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 what they were, uh, frankly. So, you know, we are going to see. Well, we see all the riots again, right? All the riots in Portland, everything's on fire. I mean, well, autonomous zones, they still have them in Minneapolis and other places. They continue with the violence, uh, uh, you know, and vandalism, attacking uh uh, the federal buildings, uh, and nobody says anything. You know, everything is January sixth. That was that was terrible. You know, the, that's the right wing extremists that we have to uh, be uh, concerned about. But there's no extremists in the left. They're they're they're, they're you know they, when they they the Boy Scouts, they're, man, they're Boy Scouts. No, they're, yeah, they're peaceful, but that's not true. I mean, it's been over a year all over the country. They've been conducting well coordinated, well prepared acts of violence and vandalism. And that's coordinated. Now, I'm not defending January 6th. It was a travesty. It was, uh, you know, awful. But that was one event, one event. And they keep saying that they're afraid that this could happen again. What is happening again and again and again are the attacks from the extreme left. But they're not talking about it. So with this state, I mean, I, I don't know. We are divided. It does remind me of the of the environment, uh, you know, from reading, from reading history, the environment that existed before the Civil War. It's yeah. that bad. And I'm not the only one saying that. I mean, I think yeah. you have a lot of serious commentators making the same comments. Yeah. I don't know. And that's why, as you say, a lot of people are moving to Florida, the South, Tennessee. They're moving to Texas. Yeah. And, and frankly, that's a consideration for me as well. I mean, I don't want the state getting involved in my life. Why why do immigrants come here? We're the country that receives the largest numbers of immigrants in the world because we're looking for freedom. You know, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan always used to talk about that shining city upon a hill, exactly. that last beacon of hope of freedom, right? And um, and I think we're losing that. We're losing our bearing as a country. 
Um, I, I always, you know, think about those two phrases that Reagan talked about, especially that last beacon of hope for freedom, right? Um, us being, you know, Hispanic and, you know, understanding Latin America and, and, and the challenges that are going on down there with the left and socialism and, and this rise of Marxism, you know, that, that we haven't seen probably since the 70s, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, anybody would say, I I'm going to flee to the United States or, you know, as long as the U.S. is still there, there is still going to be hope. Right. But right now, you know, what? what's the U.S.? It, it's run by socialists. You have open, op openly embracing Marxism. You know, you have people, I mean, everybody, look, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, AOC, even Biden. You know, Obama was a, was a socialist, uh, you know, but, but now more than ever before, it is 100 uh, percent. Right. For, for those, for those who believe and dream about uh, the center, the moderate center. Oh, John McCain. Look, those days are gone. They're gone. Forget about them. Forget it because there are they are gone to be able to negotiate with the left. You would have to give up principle and you can't. So that's why we have polarized politics. It's absolutely necessary. There's no center. And um, so that's a reality. Hey, you it, know what? That, that's a great point. I, I wasn't even going to go there, but that is a just that that is an excellent point because we have many, many friends that are, you know, in the center that are McCain, you know, uh, Republicans or, or, or Romney Republicans or, you know, or. Or, or even your former boss, right, G uh, George W. Bush, um, those, those, right? Those, those, uh, th those, those times are gone. I mean, they. they but you know what? If, if they are in agreement with these people, when when you look at Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney, and they say, "Well, we're more moderate Republicans," you know what it means? It's mean that they. It means that they've given up fighting for certain conservative principles to accommodate the left. Mitt Romney endorsed, co-sponsored the Equality Act, this, this act that would allow, at the federal level, you know, tra transgender people, men who believe they're girls, to play in girls' sports. This is sponsored by a conservative? Of course not. They've given up on principle. That's why I, I say there's no, I mean, I don't even know John McCain would would be in the center anymore. I mean, at least till, uh, till the very end, he, he was still uh, for the right to life and for and for common sense policy, I don't think he would be supporting uh, you know transgender extreme the extreme transgender agenda. But yeah. this is it. When you hear about moderate Republicans, the Lincoln Republicans, they are people who have actually given up on conservative principles and embraced. Uh, liberal policies in different areas. It could be the environment. It could be social issues. It could be even be the economy. Do you think, uh, and you know, do you think McCain would uh, would be able to get along with the Democrats today? I mean, I you know, you see uh, you see people like Mitt Romney trying to play that game. I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous. He looks like a fool, and he makes a fool of himself every time. I don't know if uh, I don't know if McCain would continue to do that. You saw Lindsey Graham, who was his wingman, you know, take a very hard position and say, you know what, like you said, those days are over. I stand with President Trump, and he has not backed down. By the way, now that Trump is gone, unlike Cocaine Mitch and and some of the other clowns, you know, you saw Jeff Flake come out of there, peek his head for a little bit, but then go back to hiding. 
But I think those those days are gone. I, I don't think you can negotiate with the left. The left is radicalized. They have no intention of negotiating with us. They want to destroy us. They view us as the enemy that we need to be reprogrammed or destroyed, right? You're absolutely right. And very dangerous thinking. We didn't move to, we didn't move to the extreme. Donald Trump was just defending basic American principles, defending the free market, deregulation, lower taxes, defending the family and the right to life. We've always defended that and defending a a, a more America first, non-interventionist agenda uh, in terms of foreign policy. Uh, we've always believed that. So all of a sudden, uh, they say that we are the ones who move to the extreme. They're the ones who right. That's exactly know, right. a new deal where the government would take care of areas of in the of the energy sector where, uh, uh, you know, supporting this radical transgender uh, uh, agenda, uh, you know, increasing the minimum wage to $15, supporting a universal wage. Uh, I mean, these are extreme policies. Uh, they're the ones moving to the extreme left. So, I mean, what are we supposed to do? Of course, we're going to say, no, that's wrong. And we're going to oppose them. We're going to confront them. And we have to push back, right? And we're really... I think, you know, what really tr Trump's really main victory and why he really is in every patriot's heart is because he went out there and said and stood up and pushed back against these people that really hate America and hate American values. You know, we all thought that. But if you ever mentioned anything, you would be, you know, attacked, ridiculed, you know, canceled, et cetera, like like is going on again. Right. But when Trump was when Trump took office or he ran, he didn't take that. He wasn't going to be shut up by anybody. He wasn't going to be canceled. And and he did the right thing. And you know what? The country was better off than any time in the last 50 something years. So the policies work. If, you know, they're and like, everyone benefited. You know, obviously the, the strategy was to 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 attack him as being racist and everything he did was racist, which is a, a lie. I always like to say that Donald Trump promoted a policy of total inclusion. That stumps the media. And what, what I mean by that is that he didn't treat anyone, anyone as different. He treated everyone as Americans. And, and look, we celebrate diversity in our country, but within unity. What's the theme of our country? A pluribus unum. That's established by law. One out of many. If you celebrate diversity for the sake of diversity, then we have nothing in common. That's what Democrats propose. We propose diversity within unity. That's why Donald Trump, with his policies that were really focused on working Americans, he cut across the different constituencies. And he wasn't identifying, saying African-Americans here, Hispanics here. He just brought everyone together. That's why he did very well with African-Americans in key states and very well with Hispanic Americans also in key states. And that's what Democrats are scared. And, you know, when, when they're confronted... He also, moved, he also moved the black vote, right? He moved the absolutely. black vote. Yeah. But when the left is confronted with those numbers from the election, they say, ah, that's because they were lied to. They were lied to. That's why they voted. No, they voted for Trump because they saw that instead of the rhetoric that they usually hear from the left, they, the man was putting in place policies that helped them. That, and, and it helped them economically. It, it allowed them to, to, to educate their kids as, as they see fit. Uh, the protected religion from government interference, 
So look, I, I think this battle, it's about America. And I think Trump understood that. It's a battle about America. Now, That's right. it's obviously some people don't want to hear this because, you know, it's how it's, that's too controversial. But we're being attacked by the left. AOC's not afraid. AOC's not afraid of saying, you know, we shouldn't eat meat and and uh, all these just extreme things. She's not afraid of saying it. Oh, but we can't because, you know, well, then you're an extremist, whatever. That's not true. This is a battle for America. They want to remake America. Absolutely. And I think they want America to look more like uh, like Italy or Spain and go to those countries. They're beautiful to visit, but try working there. Or it is just, uh, look. And, and that, that's, that's that's you know what, Alfonso, we've agreed on this plenty of times, and I've said this a hundred times, and a lot of people say, well, you're crazy, you're radical, you're you're being divisive. And I don't think I am. Um, no. I, think, I think this is a war right now on yes. ideas, but for the essence of who we are as a people, who we are as a country. Uh, are we, you know, the, 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 the United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world that was put together and prospered and war and, and, and beat every country around the world and became the sole leader of the free world because of our values and who would, what we stood for, what we did. Well, they don't, they don't believe that. They want to destroy that. We're not saying we're perfect. Right. We're, we're, as close, we're as close to it as possible. When but, you you know, to it. but what they they don't like that. They say, no, you know what? That's that's wrong. That's mean. The United States shouldn't be better than everybody else. We need to tear that down. We should be, you know, like Europe, like a socialist European country. And that is ridiculous because if you if you destroy America, if you change America's essence, America will cease to exist. Remember that. And I think history has taught us those lessons, right? And it's going to happen unless we fight back. And we have to fight back. We got to push back. I think people realistically are chicken shit. You know, they're scared shitless. You know how to hold back, man. You know, they're scared shitless to sit there and confront somebody. They're scared to have somebody call them a racist. What you see in California, in California, where yeah. they're, I mean, we lived here in, in public, schools, here. public schools in San Francisco, where they're taking the name of Washington and Jefferson from the schools because they were slave owners. My God, where are we? They actually even took out the name of, of Senator Feinstein. I guess she's not woke enough for them. Oh this is, where are we going to, where is this going to end? Well, and, you, and what about the other thing? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you read, but there is there is a commission in the White House that is studying the possibility of reparations. Oh, my God. I mean, this is a real thing. These people yeah. are, are going in that direction. This cancel culture, this lunacy, because it's lunacy has well, no end. has no end. It's amazing. They, they already included in the 1.5 trillion that they passed uh, a form of reparation. I don't know if you you're aware of this fund that they created about 50 billion dollars. If you're an African American farmer or a migrant farmer uh, and you have a debt, the federal government will pay 120 percent of your debt. Some are calling it. Some Democrats, even some Democratic senators, are calling it reparation. So just for being African-American, just for being a migrant, if you have a farm and you have debt, you qualify, even if you have the money to pay for it. Now, forget about the white farmers. And, and, and frankly, we have a lot of white farmers in our country uh, who are struggling. Well, they don't have access to that benefit because they're white. 
how is that not divisive? I mean, they they want to destroy the the country. This is not about unity. It's it's cultural Marxism. It's, yeah. it's putting everyone against each other. And yeah. when everyone's against each other, when you destroy the family, where you uh, limit and marginalize churches, who's going to control Big Brother government? Well, and, and, and they're already starting to push on the two A stuff, right? They want to they want to ban AR fifteens. They want to ban you know higher capacity magazines that, that that hold more than ten rounds. I mean, it's just it, it, it's going to have no end. There is no end. But you know what? We're going to be here till next week if we continue. And I do want to make sure that we address the elephant in the room and not the Republican elephant, but the real elephant, the border crisis that, uh, according to the White House, uh, there is no crisis. And according to the uh, you know, press secretary, she'll, she's in a circle back with us. So I'm hoping you won't circle back with us. And I hope you'll take the question head on. I know you always do. And nobody can talk about the border and immigration better than Alfonso Aguilar. So the floor is yours, brother. What the hell is going on? We've seen helicopters. We've seen numbers like 700 and something percent capacity. Um, people well, not being able, able to eat, not being able to take showers in nine days. Um, look, the, the only thing that this administration has been able to manage on its own is creating this horrible, inhumane border crisis. They knew that by weakening uh, the, the security at the border, that they would incentivize this massive movement of people from Central America to our southern border. And this is exactly what is happening. He, uh, President Biden is responding to the radical left. Uh, and and this, is, this, is, this is not just a, a, a democratic immigration policy from the past. We are seeing a major shift in immigration policy. Even Obama, even right. Obama and I was critical of him, but when, when he came from people coming to our southern border, he was very clear in saying, don't come, period. Don't make that dangerous journey. Let me give you some interesting statistics. And, and some of these statistics actually come from liberal uh, international organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Up to 80% of women and girls that come from Central America are raped yeah. on the trek north. Yeah. That by itself is a crisis. Yeah. So he is allowing for this corridor of criminality to continue, where women are raped, where, ch where children are being trafficked. Children are being trafficked. Yeah, so you know, we had, we had uh, I'm gonna pause you right there because I wanna, I wanna make sure I bring this up. We had a former law enforcement um, officer uh, on our show last Friday. Uh, this guy, uh, Robert Arce is a stud. He's worked border security, uh, especially with the cartels, uh, narcotics, everything. And he was telling us, that before all these caravans are formed and all these people start trekking up to the border, that women and young girls are are pretty much forced, they're told, to get on birth control. Yeah. To get on birth control before they start the trek because they are going to be raped multiple times throughout that journey. Yeah. So so at the end, Donald Trump's policy, because that's the other funny thing, it, it, it's just so hypocritical. They say, well, you know, we want a system that's more moral, more humane, not like Trump's. Well, it turns out that Trump was uh, uh, measures were actually humane because you have to dissuade these people from making the journey. It's not a humane journey, very dangerous. So you're putting all these measures in the border precisely to send that message, don't come in. Not only to actually physically stop people, yes, we want that as well, but to send them, and it worked, it worked. Numbers went down. 
So they knew that immediately they started weakening those measures. We were going to see those spikes. And so it's a travesty. But, you know, you mentioned Jen Psaki. And Jen Psaki, the problem with Jen Psaki is that she talks a lot. And she proved that 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 statement of, you know, you talk long, you talk wrong. And uh, the other day at a press conference, she said that President Biden's but President Biden sees immigration as part of their racial equity policy. Yeah. What does that mean? Does it mean that we're going to let all these people in uh, as, a, as a tool of social reengineering to somehow, you know, change? Equalize. Yeah, we're going to equalize. Of the country? I mean, I, I guess she was being honest because that's what it looks like. So instead of actually detaining people to send them back, what we are doing right now, Democrats are frustrated that they cannot pass the big amnesty through Congress. So basically, they're saying, come here. We're not going to uh, expand uh, border fencing. So you might be able to enter illegally. Or if you're detained, ask for asylum, even though they know that over 90% of those people coming have no claim to asylum. So they're abusing the asylum system. So they're going to arrive and they're going to be detained. And then they're going to we're going to end catch and release. So good luck with having them show up at, at their uh, asylum hearing. And even for those who show up, we're going to try to liberalize the rules to ensure that you stay here. It is cynical, a cynical way to change the demographics in the country for lasting political impact. I, I think it's disgusting, well, you know, because they know that the that, that the, the, the people that are coming in um, can be bought. Right. Um, and, and I say this and I'm not afraid to say this. They call me racist, call me whatever the hell you want. I, I really don't care. Um, but the facts are the facts and the people that are coming in, walking across the border from Mexico and Central America are the poorest, the poorest people in the region. Uh, they come with no shoes. They have no education. Mo most of them can't even read and write in their own language, uh, let alone, you know, speak English or anything else. So we're bringing in people and look, there, there is a refugee category for that. They're economic refugees. Right. You ask for asylum. Asylum is a very important thing. Right. Asylum is for people who are being individually persecuted. You need to show a credible fear that you're being persecuted for political reasons, for religious reasons. Being uh, if you're if there's generalized violence in your country, if there are no economic opportunities, that's not a reason to ask for asylum. Also, another thing that Donald Trump did really in a multilateral way, was to work with the governments of Mexico and, and, and the countries of the, the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras. So for people to, that arrive at our border to ask for asylum, they had to show that they had requested asylum in those countries before arriving in the U.S. Why is that important? Because once you're outside of your country, if you're really being persecuted, then yes. that country where you arrive should be get, able to give, give you asylum. You don't have a right to be given asylum wherever you want. I want to get asylum in Paris. Right. Uh, no, 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 no. So this was really a multi... Like, we've never seen this type of regional coordination. And it's ironic because they always say, oh, Trump didn't know how to do international affairs. He was a unilateral. That's a, their, their, their normal attack. Actually, he worked very closely with those governments. And, uh, and that's why the policy worked. But now they're saying, not only they're, they're doing away with these measures, you know, they're saying no deportation for 100 days. So we're not going to deport you. We, they're, we're not going to build fences. And uh, we're not going to detain you. If we detain you, we're not going to detain, detain you for very long. 
obviously people are going to come here and they're coming with the t-shirts. Did you see that? Right. with the t-shirts? Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. This is great. So if that, instead of detention centers, we're having reception centers, right. welcoming centers. And now to the countries of Central America, we've unilaterally pulled out of those agreements that Trump reached and we're saying, you know what, we're going to give you money. And this is the, the hubris, the arrogance of the Democrats. We're going to deal with the cost of the problem. Those governments are corrupt and we need stable democracies. Look, the only way Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador can have stable democracies is if they, if their people want it, if there's a political will to clean up their systems. But for us to say, we're going to go down there, you know, this is what Beto O'Rourke would say, we're going to go down there, we're going to fix it. That's, that's imperialism. We can't, look, I believe we should provide technical assistance and all of that. Roberta Jackson, their border czar, gave a press conference last week and she said, oh, we need democracy in Guatemala and other Central American countries and the, and the business sector. You know, they have to start paying taxes and they, start to st they have to stop engaging in illegal activity. So we're going to go in there and go after the private sector. Look, this is- We're going to go down there and tell them how to run business, how to collect taxes, what tax bracket they should do. This is crazy. This is crazy. Look. I wish they had a democratic, uh, you know, clean governments that were not corrupt. I think we should try to help them, help them. But we cannot guarantee our immigration and border policy should not be based on ensuring that Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador have stable, uh, non-corrupt democracies. We cannot guarantee that. That's their responsibility. So we can't, we can't even guarantee it here, man. We had, uh, you know, a walking zombie who doesn't know who he is half the time. Didn't know where he was the other half, 90% of the time in a basement, and somehow got 81 million votes. So we know that's bullshit. If we can't do it here, we can't do they, it they anywhere. May send, uh, they may send Stacey Abrams to consult and uh, to run the elections. You know, that's South. right. That's well, what they need to do. That's right. Hire right. Stacey Abrams and associates globally. You know, how to cheat, lie, and steal during an election. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. We're going to get banned for that statement alone. You know, we're going to get canceled. But... uh. Hey, you know, I, I don't I don't see how they're going to get out of this. Um, you know, the media is playing is playing. Uh, it, it, the media is going crazy, hiding all this crap. Right. Uh, even Univision and Telemundo, which is appalling. Right. Because they went after Trump like there was no tomorrow. Like Trump was the devil himself sitting, you know, standing at the gate with a pitchfork, harpooning kids, women and children and killing them. Right. And now the, the situation is worse, worse by any standards than right. at any point during the Trump administration. And mum's the word, mum's the word, not one freaking word, Alfonso, yeah. by anybody. Where's that piece of crap, Jorge Ramos, that, you know, that, that won't debate me? Where is he? Why isn't he saying anything? I mean, that guy is a clown. He's an activist. Why? You, you, I, know, I know you go on Telemundo a lot like I do. But look, I, I think this is like the Soviet Union. This is what Alexander Solzhenitsyn used to criticize about Stalinist uh, Russia. You know, if you showed any uh, individual will or, or, or different thought, you would be sent to the gulag. So uh, now we're sent to the virtual gulag, I guess. You know, they don't call it. Look, I, I've already been banned from CNN, MSNBC. Remember, you know, Trump Todd used to call me and, and Jay Tapper. And uh, but they just didn't like that, uh, that I supported President Trump. And uh, I was especially I mean, I got really angry when, when the first impeachment started, because to yeah. me, that was the, 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 
when they drew the line and I said, I, I drew the line and I said, this, this just can't continue. Yeah. And they couldn't handle that. So, you know, because if they weren't Republicans, they weren't anti-Trump Republicans. Yeah. So to the credit of Telemundo and Univision, even though they're totally biased and they're part of the, uh, uh, of this media that, that, that just uh, supports and blatantly uh, Biden, uh, at least they're still calling us uh, to yeah. give our opinion. It, it may be just a fragment, uh, two seconds in a yeah. report, but the others are not even calling us. So, no, no. You know, so that's why I, I think your show is so important, and we need more media. I mean, and with the and with the Hispanic community, we saw what happened in the last election. Hispanics respond very well to 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 the message of President Trump of of of, of an economy that works for working uh, Americans, uh, the protection of of our. Uh, our, our liberties, of freedom of religion, freedom of expression, right to life, a foreign policy that's not interventionist, that respect the sovereignty of countries. People respond well to that, and they're afraid. So that's why they want to silence us. So I, I think we need more uh, outlets. Uh, I, I would wish we had a, uh, a conservative channel in Spanish so people could actually get some real information. Yeah, hey, Fox, where are you guys, man? Fox Nation, I know. come on. I know, I know. I mean, give us a call. In, you know? in English, obviously, you have the you have Fox, you have Newsmax, you have OAN, and people have alternatives. Uh, and but uh, this is disgusting. This is really disgusting. What's happening with the Hispanic community? I do believe. Look, Trump got uh, up to thirty-five, perhaps yeah, 35, more, a little bit more percent of the Hispanic vote nationally. Imagine if, 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 if our people, if U.S. citizens of Hispanic origin were getting the truth, were getting real uh, information, I think that number would go up, and they know it. By, by a lot. And, and, and also, you know, you got you to gotta remember, you know, this is a president that had over 90% of all news outlets uh, report negative towards him. So he had negative, not, over 90% negative hit pieces against him. No other president. On the average, on the average, Republicans are somewhere between 50 and 55%. Democrats are between 40 and 45%. So the media always had that small buffer, that 10-point buffer in favor of Democrats in the reporting. But, you know, with Trump, it was 90-plus percent, 92, 94%. There was a Harvard Marist poll that, that showed that. And, you know, that's very, very hard to overcome. That's very hard to overcome, that kind of messaging all day, constantly. <laughs> you know, that banging, and it's a miracle that he got 11 million more votes than he did, you know, in his past election. I mean, it's, it's amazing. The media has become, you know, like uh, Soviet state-sponsored media. They, they're going to tout whatever the dear leader says, uh, and uh, they're going to repeat it, and, and that's it. I mean, it, it is literally disgusting. And uh, so people are getting only one side of the story. Uh, so we really need to challenge it. I mean, we talked uh, earlier about what's happening in Portland. Uh, CNN's not talking about Portland. They are still talking about January 6th. Uh, and uh, they continue talking about the threat of the extreme right. Uh, we have a Congress that where they built a wall around the Capitol. Walls, you know, they are against the walls to protect our country, but they're afraid that, uh, you know, uh, if, if they take out the wall, uh, around the, the capital, that their lives will be at risk, you know. So, you know, the the lives of of average Americans don't matter. Their own personal lives matter. But regardless, uh, even Mitch McConnell said that the response uh, so far has been really exaggerated. That there's no need for 
uh, so many uh, National Guardsmen at the Capitol or even for that fencing. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's not based on intelligence, the security measures that, that they're, they have right now. They're just trying to exaggerate, to create the impression. Again, this is just uh, manipulating the public, trying to give the impression that there's some threat of a coordinated uh, attack from, from, from the right. Look, uh, I, I, I condemn all type of, of violent extremism. Uh, there may be some from the right, but I've only seen one or two uh, uh, violent attacks from the right, including the one on January 6th, which was terrible. However, I see continuously attacks from the extreme left, violent attacks where the property of Americans is being destroyed, where the lives of Americans are put at risk. And Congress and Democrats are not saying absolutely anything. That is despicable, despicable. Nobody's willing to condemn Antifa for what it is. So this is a problem. This is a problem. We only call one side and not the other. And that's and, uh, and, and ironically, uh, on, on uh, saying that uh, that you want to promote uh, unity when, you know, that's uh, not at all what you're trying to do. Hey, uh, Alfonso, our friend over here, Roy, uh, talks about 2022. Uh, Red Wave. Um, why don't you give us a little comment about that? No, I, I agree. Um, look, I, I think we have a great opportunity in House and Senate. Uh, I, I still haven't done all the, uh, the, the all the detailed research to figure out, uh, uh, you know, what's the the strategy to take back the Senate and House. Uh, the House were just five five seats away. I think yeah. Yeah, there's fine. there's a great possibility. The Senate, we do have a lot of Republican seats. We got to defend a lot of seats in 2020. We have to defend a lot of seats. Uh, there are several incumbents that are resigning. We want to make sure that we have competitive candidates, candidates that are conservative. I think President Trump is going to be very involved through his, through his super PAC, uh, Save America. Um, so I think we really have a chance. Uh, but again, we have to get our, our, the, our message out because uh, uh, I think a lot of Americans disconnect, right, when it's not an election year. And uh, they just hear this lies over and over again. So we have to do our job to ensure that we are competitive. Uh, I think if this continues, uh, uh, this radical agenda, I think it's very possible that we'll be able to retake House and Senate and then position ourselves to take back the White House. Well, and there's uh, and there and there's some uh, work being done right now at the state legislatures uh, around the country to kind of clean up. This uh, this this election fraud, especially the mail in, and the left is already um, uh, countering that. Uh, I've um, I was listening to some of the CNN coverage, and uh, it, it's it's disgusting how they're saying that this is an effort to suppress, suppress the, vote. the vote. Yeah, and, minority and, votes. They're trying to suppress the black vote. Let's be objective here. I, I think with any electoral system, you want people to vote as much as possible, make it as easy as possible, but you have to, at the same time, guarantee the integrity of the system so that votes are not manipulated and people can believe in the system. They try to say that people think that there was fraud in the election, 80 million people, yeah. because, because Trump keeps lying. Well, look, people don't believe that there was fraud in the election just because Trump is saying it. They believe it because they've had experiences. They know their neighbors or they themselves have had experiences of irregularities. So look, 
it was very suspicious. A lot of people have doubts about the last election. Um, some perhaps think that uh, uh, there wasn't massive, massive fraud, but there were serious irregularities. Uh, that's enough to to ensure that 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 we improve our system to to make sure that it's not uh, that it's not easy to commit fraud. And look, in, in, in 2005, a bipartisan commission presided by Jimmy Carter yeah. and former Secretary of State James Baker concluded that uh, mailing voting uh, is prone to fraud. And if you take away the guarantees, fraud is very easy. And that's exactly what Stacey Abrams in Georgia and others in other states did. They took out those guarantees and... Uh, and so we had all these irregularities and then potentially also fraud. So now we're taking measures and obviously they're going to say that suppresses the vote. And, you know, they talk about fact and evidence. Where is the evidence that if you require somebody to have an electoral ID, that that suppresses the vote? That's condescending to say, oh, but poor people are not. Well, well yeah, I mean, well, that's what they said. Right? I mean, he said that, you know, Biden said that, that, you know, Hispanics and blacks are too stupid to, uh, you know, have computers and, and it's, insulting. it's yeah. insulting and condescending. You know, people can get an ID. Uh, you know, people, if you don't have a reason to vote by mail, what's the problem with going to uh, your, your polling center and voting? And, that, so, and that's one of the things, right, is is uh, no no uh, no reason or no excuse. I, can, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the, no, 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 no reason uh, absentee or something, right? Well, that's in HR one, and that's whether that's a dream bill, which which passed the House. That's the first bill. That's the first bill that they passed in the House. It's not going to go anywhere because it's not going to pass the Senate. But you don't pass the Wilmington hold or. But first of all, as I was saying, it's unconstitutional. They want to centralize everything. They want to federalize the elections. States control the elections, so it will be unconstitutional. So they want to have uh, uh, mail-in voting with. Uh, without an excuse, so anybody, uh, automatic registering based on um, uh, poll, uh, electoral data that may be old, uh, prohibit, federally prohibit that states uh, require um, uh, electoral IDs. This is crazy. To me, I find it very suspicious. The electoral ID, you know, I, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is one of the poorest, is the poorest jurisdiction in the United States with 3 million people. In yeah. Puerto Rico, you have an electoral ID. And the participation rate in elections is always extremely high, actually higher than the national average. That doesn't suppress anything. Nobody's saying don't vote. It's just saying if you vote, get your ID. People yeah. go out to to. To do many things. You can't do anything with that idea here. You can't cash a check. You can't buy booze. You can't even buy cigarettes. You can't do anything. Well, for certain medication, you need uh, ID. Uh, for your your banking, uh, if you go to a bank, you're going to need an ID. So this idea that somehow suppresses the vote well, is... Even, even people that are on benefits, right? That exactly. Are, uh, the welfare, whatever, Medicaid, housing, whatever. They need to have an ID. They have to present oh, the to get benefits. So how would they not have an ID to vote? It's exactly. a load of crap. But what it is is it's exactly the blueprint for fraud because you send out all these documents to whoever the hell knows who, and then somebody's coming right behind the mailman in a pickup truck, pulling all these all these uh, absentee ballots from the mailboxes, filling them out, and sending them back. It's fraud. 
we know that, they know that, everybody knows that, including the media, and they're full of shit because they're lying and coming up with this crap in order to push fraud because they know that when it comes down to election day, uh, the American people will always come back and, and defend America, American values, and vote the right way. They're being, they're being squeezed out of the world, out of society, for failed policies, failed ideology, and the only way they can continue to win is by is by brainwashing these idiots and by and by election fraud. There's no other way. You can't win. It seems to me that they're concerned that their people don't vote, that their people are gonna they're not gonna come out to vote, that they can't mobilize those voters because they don't care. They don't care about their message. So so you kind of make it so easy for them. The problem is that and look, it it if it was that easy and we could guarantee the security, by all means, but we can't. We right. can't. And also, as I've said, you want to make sure that the perception, it's an election. You want to make sure that people trust the system. So, you know, you saw Georgia. Yesterday, I was listening to some electoral experts say that Georgia actually is a model for the country. Can you believe that? You know, when they do the recount, they realize that they had, uh, that they didn't count, what, 1,500 votes, something, something like that. That's a big uh, uh, error, uh, that they couldn't verify the signatures, even if they wanted, said the Secretary of State, they couldn't verify the, the, the signatures. I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, it's lunacy. It's, it's absolute lunacy. Hey, so how, how does this uh, situation at the border get fixed? Or or, it, or does it just kind of uh, calm down at some point? Or or, or are they just going to let everybody in? I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. No, I, I, they're not proposing anything, Alfonso. They haven't said what they're going to do, except that, you know, these are better conditions than Trump. And Trump was, you know, evil orange man and, you know, whatever. And they're infantile name calling. But what are they going to do from a policy perspective? How are they going to stop tens no, of thousands, hundreds of thousands? I mean, last month, 100,000 people were detained at the border trying to come in illegally. 100,000. And according to CBC, the number of detained represents 20% of the overall number. So that means 400,000 people got through, right? So it means that this year they're anticipating that we will receive or, or detain uh, a million people at the end of, of the year. So imagine those four million will get through. And those are not counting those who, who we didn't detain. Of those who are detained, uh, and release how are many going to show up say 80% show up to their to their to their hearing which is a very high number you yeah. would still have 200,000 people <laughs> that all of a sudden disappear so this is look it, it's not going to be solved it's only going to get worse sadly so we need to beef up border security what trump was saying you know take operational control of that border and then we can start talking about those flows of migrants and have a healthy debate about how, how to manage the flow of those migrants that we actually need. Um, the White House under Trump was discussing um, reforming our immigration system to a more merit-based system to allow people who actually contribute to the economy that fill jobs that we actually can find Americans. Because our first consideration we're feeling a job should be, can we hire an American? 
And if we can't hire an American, then I think a company could say, okay, I'm gonna bring in, bring in somebody from abroad. We've seen that there has been abuse with H-1B visas, people with advanced degrees, where they had Americans that they could hire, but they didn't. And uh, because it was cheaper to bring somebody from India uh, and, um, and pay him less. So I think that uh, we have to do it in a thoughtful way, but it begins. The whole, and this is the other problem, you know, even for those who believe in immigration reform, and I want to see some form of way to fix our immigration system, but the only way is to, to forge some sort of consensus. How can you build consensus when you're creating, with Republicans, when you're creating this border crisis? How can you help the dreamers? I want to help the dreamers. Trump wanted to hate, hate the dreamers, but how can you help the dreamers if you're dismantling important necessary border security measures well you know let, let me let me make a let me make a real good point here for clarity for for anybody that doesn't understand you you said you want to help the dreamers trump wanted to help the dreamers but trump offered the dreamers he, he offered daca in exchange for five billion dollars for the wall schumer pelosi and the rest of the clowns refused and he said you know what and if you want throw it all in let's throw in I, I comprehensive immigration reform and they said no and guess what trump still got the money still built the wall and they still didn't pass a, a permanent solution for daca they didn't fix immigration the only president that has tried to address the issue where it belongs in the legislature and pass legislation and 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 pass a law has been president trump everybody else is full of crap I Look, uh, it, it, the offer from President Trump was even more generous. It went beyond that. It said, we're going to give over a million people, dreamers, who enter illegally as children, a path to citizenship. It could have been up to 2 million people. Yeah, it was like 1.8. If you give us money for the wall, a wall that they had supported in the past. Yeah. Joe Biden voted for it. Barack Obama voted for it. Hillary Clinton voted for it when they were in the Senate. But they were now against the wall because of the extreme left. Uh, so it didn't happen. So this is the cynicism. They don't care about the dreamers. It's all about politics. Forget about the wall. So I think what Republicans should do at this point, and I've actually mentioned it to a couple, let's follow the Trump model. Let's say, okay, you want to do something for the dreamers? We will do it. Path to citizenship. But let's start building, continuing border fencing let's leave let's continue where, where where trump left it off let's invest 10 15 billion and what is 10 15 billions today you know when we're saying a trillion here 50 billion to for for an for to to pay 120 percent of the debt of african-american and migrant farmers let's give 10 15 billion to finish and we're Trump was not talking about 2000 mile wall. It was it was a wall system in strategic strategic places. It was working beautifully. It was look, I've toured the border twice. I know what happens. So border fencing works. Right. So let, let's do that. Give us 15 billion dollars for the wall. Let's let's uh finish it up. Yep. Let's our path to citizenship of the dreamers. Let's find let's 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 follow the Trump model. Look, President Trump, when 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 he actually made that proposal, he brought Democrats and Republicans. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, to the yeah. front. Of and it was the, the Lincoln Room where he held, or the Cabinet Room where he held that. And he, and he left it open for everybody to watch that. And then go 
a fascinating policy discussion moderated by the president where everyone participated. Not even George Bush was managed to do that. Do you Nobody, think no president has had something like that? Do you that. think this guy could ever do it? It was a powerful policy discussion, and it was led by the president of the United States. Nobody gave him credit. I've never seen a president manage substantively that type of debate from different perspectives. You have a senator caught on one side, and then you had Senator Durbin on the other, and he was taking it. He was managing the discussion. Who does that? He's great, man. He's a patriot. He's a stud. That's why we want him back and uh, in his rightful place as president of the United States at 1600 Pennsylvania. Hey, Alfonso, it's always a pleasure to have you, man. You are uh, you are one of a kind, and we need to have more more Alfonso Aguilar's out there in the circuit beating down on the on the Democrats and and on the socialists, especially when it comes to uh, issues like right to life and uh, and 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 the disaster of uh, genocide that the left is pushing these days and uh and and unfortunately is going to be funding with this 1.9 trillion dollar bill that they just passed but uh anyways alfonso thank you and you guys don't go anywhere well tomorrow we have george papadopoulos is joining us uh you remember him uh he's going to be telling us his story and he's going to be talking about his book and alfonso where can they find you on social media Twitter. Uh, I haven't been banned from Twitter yet. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's going to happen soon. You can go to Amigo Aguilar. Amigo Aguilar, please follow me. Let's let's get the word out. Let's get our message out. Every patriot has to be involved. Everyone, we are going to change this country one-on-one. -on -one. Go talk to your neighbor. Talk to your family members. Sometimes they're difficult discussions, but you need to have them. It's all about America. Uh, That's right. And there's two, two kinds of people, guys. You know, the observer and the guy that participates. Let's participate. Anyways, we'll see you tomorrow. As always, you can find us on iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, what else? Amazon and Audible. And we'll see you tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.